This podcast is brought to you by Two More Reps Coffee Beans. Get your two more reps with this natural pre-workout. Buy your bag at twomoreps.com.au. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Paul's Body Engineering Podcast. Today I've got another very special guest. Well, in fact, she's been on multiple times before and she's my colleague, my client, but also my friend uh, and that is Kelly Greenslade. Now, Kelly's just completed a mini cut and um, we get often asked about mini cuts and effectively what they mean, why we run them, uh, what they're all about, why they're so short, like so many different questions. So we thought we'd sit down and discuss her mini cut, the success of it, because it was very successful, and the, the tips and tricks that she implemented to make sure that it was successful. So without further ado, let's run with this podcast and chat to Kelly. All right. Well, time for another podcast. Welcome, Kelly. Hello. Hello. Very informal one this time. Um, I thought we'd um, take the opportunity now to have a brief chat about your most recent mini cut and the success of that. Um, it's obviously very well documented, but sometimes, a lot, well, not sometimes, more often than not, people struggle with any form of dieting phase just due to compliance, adherence, accuracy, uh, lack of understanding or knowledge, um, whereas yours was obviously quite successful. Yes. Yes. It was this time, yes. This so you, time. This time, yeah. So, look, we've done it in the past. There's been other circumstances that have um, sort of disrupted the success of it. But do you want to talk us through uh, not only the, the cut itself and, and, you know, speak numbers because then people can sort of relate a bit more, but also the reasons why you believe it to be as successful as it was? Yeah, excellent. Uh, so the intent this time around um, was obviously through my off-season. We're trying to build a lot of muscle, but mm. uh, not let me kind of get to the weight and and more more so the fat percentage um, of my last off season. So we both strategically decided uh, when I was competing next and what that might look like, uh, as it is a very long term plan. Yep. Uh, so it'll be two years between stage appearances. So we kind of break that down and work out, uh, you know, a decent building phase. Uh, then we do that mini cut for those who don't know what a mini cut is because I actually have had a lot of questions around what a mini cut is. Okay. Uh, so the intent essentially is for me to drop some body fat, maintain as much muscle as possible, and then go back up mm. um, in food so that we keep my food nice and high. And as I was explaining to someone the other day, every time I do a mini cut, I can push my food that little bit higher because um, the more muscle I have, the more, more food I burn. So... Um, my maintenance shifts just slightly um, in and out of those cuts. And obviously I've been um, coaching with you for five years now. So over that time we've done heaps of preps and, and things like that. So every time we prep and, and come out of prep, same kind of thing occurs. It's mm. obviously just a bit more aggressive for a purpose. Uh, this one was very strategic. Um, so I don't want to gain as much body fat in this off season. So we 
broke it down, I think we're probably going to fit in maybe two mini cuts. I think we worked out yeah. over my off season yep. uh, to try and maintain uh, my weight level, but again, more about my body fat percentage this time. Mm-hmm. And so uh, post comp, uh, we got my food up really high, so sitting at about two five for a, for a decent period of time. And I think uh, I've mentioned it several times to you, but a lot to a lot of my clients. Each time I prep and come out of prep. I learned something new about myself and this time around what I learned the most was uh, what you like to talk about is fueling for energy and fueling for a purpose. So you're fueling your body, so changing the way that I think about my food. So instead, yes, I do love chocolate, but instead of trying to fit chocolate in, sometimes that's not productive um, or helpful. And so I went down loss of better words and I hate the term but the cleaner food route <laughs> uh so more volume food so uh focused on you know carbohydrates being my vegetables um fats through like peanut butter and things like that and obviously uh, my protein's always really high anyway and I actually struggled to hit under that <laughs> funnily <laughs> enough because I know when I first came to you I really struggled to hit it now yeah. I'm like struggling to kind of keep under that um grammage that you give me but this time around uh I promised you and myself that, and I and I said it very specifically to you to hold mm. me accountable, was that I'm going to treat each of my mini cuts like a prep. Yep. Um, and that's what I did this time. And so leading into the mini cut previously, I've been very loose in my off season. So mm. I don't track a lot or I track, but I don't track some things like I'll eat some things off the cuff or whatever it mm. might be previously. And this off season, uh, my reverse went, really well i think it went really well um so i've maintained like i didn't gain a lot of weight after comp i was really smart about my food i ate to fuel myself this time um i've really pushed my workouts as everyone may or may not have seen on your youtube channel (laughs) apparently that's a new thing uh and so you know to to hit those levels of athletes that are jumping up on the stage at the moment it's imperative for me if I want to hit that as well that I need to be doing those tiny little one percenters. And so leading into the mini cut, I also was very well tracked on my food. So yep. I everything I ate, I tracked it. Uh, I wasn't weighing for the four weeks leading into the mini cut. So I didn't weigh my food, but I'm very good at eyeballing stuff just because yep. I've been doing it for so long. So, But I did track everything and I tried to stick to my macros as tightly as possible in those four weeks leading into that mini cut. But that is actually what set me up for that success in the six weeks in my mini cut, mm. I strongly believe, because this mini cut, uh, I started it and you hit me pretty hard straight up. So you dropped me uh, just under, just over 500 calories straight up. Yep. Uh, which for everyone listening, I was still on 2000 calories, so I'm okay. Mm. Um <laughs> But what happened was is I dropped, started dropping straight away. And previously when we've mini cut me, I didn't start dropping until week four. Yeah. And so because of those previous mini cuts, that's why I decided to do the four weeks leading into the mini cut, which set me up for that six-week success. So over the six weeks, I lost five kilos, mm. which is almost a kilo a week, so 750 grams a week. Yep. Um, my, I dropped 4% in body fat mm. um, over – over those six weeks, which is pretty darn good. Yeah. Uh, and I only lost 200 grams of muscle. And obviously, that's dependent. I guess those subjective. scans are, yes, yeah. very subjective. 
um, but essentially uh, maintain my muscle across it, which is the whole purpose of that mini cut was to get rid of some body fat mm. and lean up again. And uh, yeah, it just it went really smoothly. And I did treat my mini cut as if I was in prep. So I weighed everything that went in my mouth. I stuck to my macros. Usually for the comp prep, I do. I only allow myself to swing one gram either way. So for the mini cut, I did allow two two gram swing which I mean is really nothing. No. Um, but I stuck to that and I stuck to that for the full six weeks and I didn't deviate from that. I did all the steps that were asked, uh, that you asked me to complete. Yep. And so I, yeah, I just strongly believe that that free work leading into that mini cart set me up for that success for that mini cart. And it's evident to people because I've had so many people say to me, holy shit, you must have lost like eight kilos or yeah. something. And I haven't, I haven't lost that much at all. I've only lost four. But it's just brought out that physique again. So it, it really is that, you know, body composition that, that we always talk about. It's, you know, we've dropped the body fat percentage, kept the muscle tone, and then we're reversing reversing me back out now, and I feel great for it. So There you go. Yeah. Absolutely. And, it, and it's, it's, it's really important that the point you made about the, the lead-up work because you can – like anyone, anyone can do a diet for a period of time and have – some success right you know a deficit's a deficit and, and it will have a response but if you want it to be as effective and as optimal within the given time frame as possible without it being overly aggressive you've got to do the lead up work so that your body is consistent yeah, yeah? well at the uh i mean at the end uh you only drop i only dropped down to it was over 1700 calories mm. i was still on so i mean that's more than most people yeah. eat in, in general so yeah. like i was losing weight like on 1700 calories and to me that like when I first started with you I just that would just be inconceivable to me because I was you know uh, when I started with you I was on 1200 trying to eat 1200 calories right um so that the whole point that I was first of all I lost I think I lost um quite a lot in the first two weeks didn't I and that was on 2000 calories so I lost like three kilos in two weeks or something like that and that was up at the 2000. And the only reason we shifted was so that, you know, that adaptation didn't happen and we were ahead of the game as far as the, as the mini cut because we're only doing the six weeks. That's right. Um, so I just think, yeah, I, I honestly believe that that four-week lead-up mm. was absolutely the most beneficial thing I've ever done for myself. Um, but also the type of food. Like I know that a carbs are carb and a fat's a fat and we always say that stuff. And I, I – Yes, it is to an extent, but also I didn't get I didn't get the hunger cravings as much. Like obviously I was hungry, and that's because of how I train and how often I train and uh, all of those things. But I was able to manage it quite well because I volumized that food. So I I prioritized um, you know oats and um, vegetables and things over pastas and mm. you know all of those bits and pieces. So I. I feel like just that those very slight changes set me up again for that that really big success over that six week period. Um, yeah, it was just it it just very different from my my other seasons um, because I've got big goals, obviously. Absolutely. Right? So, so I have to I have to do something. I have to make that change to 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 get where I want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that is a lesson learnt, regardless of what you're doing like obviously i'm in the competition game but regardless of if you're a normal client like a 
everyday client or competition, it the the science is the same regardless. It's just how aggressive we go, essentially, right? Hundred percent. How did you find your training performance and energy levels through the cut? Did, did was there a deficiency, or did I know you've obviously got a strong mindset when you train, but do you was it noticeable? Or not no, really. No, and I think we've had this conversation before. Is I actually find that my body trains and responds really well in just a very slight deficit, mm. which I think I would say, and correct me if I'm wrong, because obviously you're my coach and you set my macros and I just run off of what you tell me. Yeah. But I would say my maintenance is probably about two one around this stage. So yes, yeah, so yeah. sitting at that two thousand, my body was just like hell yes let's fucking go like and like she was just on the ball hey like the whole time I did not drop any of my weights and the only reason why I dropped towards the end was because I've been training like a mad woman since the end of comp Mm. um and I haven't had a deload and that's the only reason why we deloaded in the end was because like my body was tired and and it needed it yeah Yeah. um it wasn't the dieting phase that that uh caused that so Mm. Throughout that whole cut, the six weeks, I just trained like a crazy person. Mm. And I actually find, um, like I said, in that slight deficit, my body's just like, yes, let's hit it. Mm. Like, and I've just, I smashed some PBs out. Like, I've just done some, yeah, some crazy stuff in that very slight deficit. Uh, towards the end, obviously, felt it again because of um, the fact that I hadn't had a deload yeah. in about four months or so. Yeah. Um, so I was due for one anyway. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, outside of that, you know, um, normal fatigue, which I would have had regardless of my food situation. Oh, 100%. Uh, yeah, no depletion whatsoever mm. uh, as far as the only thing I would probably say is um, – <laughs> My feet haven't got fat back on the bottom of them since post-comp. And so 11,000 <laughs> 11, calories was uh, – 11,000 steps a day was like my feet were aching at the end of the day. Um, but, yeah, outside of that, it was just, yeah, full steam ahead, 100%. Oh, dear. Fat feet, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the fat stores on the bottom oh, of the no. padding, you know. <laughs> I feel like I'm walking on bones. Oh, dear. <laughs> so, look, I guess um, the lesson in this is that Lead up work to a dieting phase of any caliber, whether it be a, a mini cut like we're doing. And, and that, look, the, just to go back a step, you know, a, a mini cut is generally in, in the bodybuilding world, you know, we run them probably any, anywhere from 12 to 20 weeks, just dependent on the individual. Um, and it's like what you said, it's just a, a, a re- relatively aggressive dieting period to reduce body fat, maintain muscle mass, tidy the physique up. And then carry on. Mm. Um, but even when you know you want to do a twelve-week challenge, or you do start a, a prep, or whatever, the lead-up work can really make or break yeah. the success of it, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one of the reasons why we pushed my mini cut uh, out probably a month from when mm. we were originally planning was because I did have that twelve-week challenge group. Yeah. And so with the twelve-week challenge group, I I did a similar thing. Probably not long enough, but I closed the sign-offs up a week before the challenge started, and I actually asked everyone to start tracking their food mm. that week beforehand because it really does make a massive difference. The reason I chose the four-week lead-out from the, the mini-cut to start really focusing on my macros and getting my macros right post-comp 
was because, um, as I said previously, we've done four-week cuts on me and nothing starts shifting until the end of that four weeks. Yeah. And then so in my head, I'm like, okay, well, I know, I know my body really well. I know how she works. And I know that every time we try and cut me, it kind of has a lag effect. So mm. it takes that little bit of time for my body to go, oh, so this is what we're doing now. <laughs> cool. I'm a girl too as well, right? Because, you know, you guys just seem to, I don't know, do an extra five steps or something and shit falls off you. <laughs> um, it takes a little while for her to catch up to yeah. I'm 40 as well. Yeah, right? cool. So it takes a little while for her to catch up to what's going on. So I thought, okay, well, let's get ahead of the game here. It hasn't worked previously because this is the way that I that I responded to the situation. Mm-hmm. And so the only, again, the only thing I could do was better myself and make that change myself. So you didn't tell me to do that. I made that decision myself yep. because I was trying to keep accountable to myself and then obviously telling you that I was going to treat my cuts like a prep gave me again that accountability with you mm. and so um we documented my the mini cut the six weeks yep. quite in depth um for statistical purposes for us because <laughs> we're both um nerds in that space when it comes to body composition and what's going on but it gives us some really good data as well for um peak weeks my next uh comp season all of those exactly. pieces. so the more data you have the better it is and I was actually talking to some of my clients because I weighed, weighed myself daily. And that's a big trigger for people, right? Yeah, 100% it is. Weighing themselves and you're being so strict on yourself with your food yeah. and then your weight doesn't move in a day. Yeah. Which is the re- most ridiculous thing, you know, you've got in your head is that you're going to drop a kilo overnight. And it's like, that's not real. So for me, weighing myself daily actually helps me get away from the focus on the scales. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it might not work for everyone like that, but for me, because I can see the peaks and troughs and the swings in it, it just makes it less traumatic when you get on and you're two kilos up. So when I weigh weekly, it's like I might be two kilos up from last Friday on this Friday, but I could have been three kilos down in the middle of the week kind of thing. I mean, that's that's an exaggerated version of it, but you know what I mean. We don't know where my real low is Mm. because – just because you step on scales one day could have just been, you know, what you ate the night before or, you know, haven't had a poo or whatever it mm. might be. And so weighing daily also kind of helps that mindset leading into it as well. So I'm a lot less sensitive getting on the scales and seeing a number um, as well. Yep. Uh, apart from the fact that I look completely different. Um, if anyone's seen my Instagram post, I always put that post up about my when I started with mm. you and I first lost that weight. Mm as opposed to now, and most people can't guess the fact that that second picture of me where I'm like I look pretty lean and, and good, I'm actually heavier hmm. than in that first photo of the 61 kilos just before I did the transformation show. And I would much rather look like what I look like now than weigh 60 kilos. But so, back then you were very proud of that point too, right? I, I yeah. was so proud of it. Now I look at it and I go, good God, I don't want to look like that again. Yeah. So it's just a shift in uh, goalposts. Yeah, it is absolutely in perception too. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. All right, well that's good. That's um, you know, it's it's important that um, people understand that you know, and and look, the other the other point to take out of this too is you are very um adherent to your yes plan too. Extremely. You know, a a, a, a a diet is only going to be as successful as the individual partaking in it and mm-hmm. their adherence to it. Right, mm-hmm. you fluff around the edges or you're a little bit 
lackadaisy or then you get to the weekend and you go, ah, oh, but she'll be right. Like it won't be, yeah, sure, you might you might lose some weight over a generalised period, you know, if it's 12 weeks or whatever, but it could be so much more. Absolutely. You know, and it depends on how stringent you want to be. Well, it depends on how bad you want it too. Yeah, 100%. So what are you in it for? Uh, if you're in it for a lifestyle change, then mm. sure, do the 80-20 mm. split, you know, 80% adherent, and then on mm. the weekends you might go out for dinner with people and not, not track that. You might yep. have a few wines and stuff. I did not drink for that whole six weeks. I didn't have a beer. I didn't have, and I'm not in comp prep at the moment. I chose to do that yep. because I wanted that success. And I think the hardest thing is, is like bearing in mind. So I was a hundred percent adherent to that. I did my steps. I did um, five sesh, five training sessions a week. Yep. Um, I did my steps. We didn't have cardio because there's no requirement for me to do that outside of comp season. Let's be real. Mm. Um, I stuck to my macros with that two gram swing either way. And that was every single day for that entire six weeks. Yep. And I did that and I didn't lose a kilo a week. So for people who are doing an 80 20, mm. where they're only uh, invested, you know, 80% of the time in their diet, for them to think that they're going to drop a kilo a week, because I have a lot of people who freak out about, you know, not dropping a kilo a week. And I'm like, where are you getting this I don't number know where that from? Comes from? I really don't. But for someone who's a hundred percent compliant to their diet and their training, yeah. and I train hard, yep. really hard, yeah. it's like I'm not dropping a kilo a week. So why would you expect to drop a kilo a week if you're only eighty percent compliant? And there's nothing wrong with that. Don't no, get me wrong. That's but right. I'm I guess what I'm getting at is you've got to manage your re- your expectations um, around your weight loss phase and it's like how bad do you want it mm. and then you apply that and then you set your expectations to that as well or have those expectations where it's like okay well I don't want to be weighing my food every day like every meal and I don't want to not go out with the family for breakfast on a Sunday morning yeah that's okay 100% okay but also you can't expect to lose a kilo a week if that's how you want to live your life yeah. So it just has to match. Your goals have to match your reality. Like, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, did you find post the six weeks, yeah. what, what, was it challenging to sort of not want to eat more food? Uh, no, this time it, it really wasn't. And, I I mean, I, to me, I've been through a lot harder shit, right? Yeah. Like I've been through, like, what, three, three preps now? Yeah. So... Dieting for six weeks as opposed to dieting down for 30 weeks, mm. very, very different, right? Um, so for me, the six weeks was fine. Yep. Uh, what has come of it is that uh, my family, so my two boys, uh, Jasper, who's my youngest 14-year-old at home, and my husband, they actually changed their eating habits while I... I was on this six-week cut as well because uh, Lee's, uh, we're going to Greece uh, in a month or so, mm. and he wants to look really good to, to go, you know, and sunbathe and stuff in Greece as well. So he's like, okay, well, he's not willing to weigh his food, and he's he's okay with, you know, not seeing those types of results that I get because mm. he's not willing to make that sacrifice. But he is willing to kind of eat what I eat, if yeah, that makes sense. make smarter choices. Yes, yeah. make smarter choices. So because the boys were eating the way that I was, coming out of it, so uh, it was actually Jasper's birthday on the photo shoot day, um, which is when I ended my cut because I mm. said to you I wanted to go out, um, take him out for dinner. Yep. And so we had grilled for dinner. And the funniest thing is, is that we bought grilled, we all ate our burger first, 
And then we started eating the chips and not one of us even got even close to halfway through our chips yeah, right. because we were just done. Yeah. And we like, so the hunger cues are still there. Yep. And I've really tried to focus on that in my last prep because I'm like, okay, well, I need to know when I'm hungry and when I'm not. Mm. Logically, when I'm hungry and when I'm not. There's a big difference, isn't there? Correct. Yeah. Because that overfull feeling, which is what people I think crave when they first kind of are dieting. Yes. Everyone has this weird thing about being hungry and it's like, it's okay to be hungry. It is. It's actually normal and it's probably healthy to be a little bit hungry. Yep. You don't need to be full all nope. the time. No, you don't. And so, yeah, I think that like through the end of my prep when I was really focused on, you know, what, what I was eating and mm. how it sat in my stomach and like I just changed the way that I thought about my food this time. And that's what I learned through this last prep. And I just think, um, and again, obviously I'm a coach as well. So it yep. really helps me to help people when I go through these things as well, to really think about how it's working, how I've set it up, what's working and all of that sort of stuff. So I, I've been fine coming out of it. And I'm actually, I wasn't going to weigh my food, but I still weigh um, a lot of my food. So uh, I was talking to my husband about it. He's like, oh, are we going to do this? Like, are we doing this now <laughs> till comp next year? And I said, no, but, you know, I'm so last night we had spaghetti bolognese. So we had a 500-gram thing of mince. We yep. put it in the fry pan, cooked it up, and I just said to Jas, just quarter it, yeah. and that's roughly, you know, the, the 125 grams yeah. is mine. Yeah. So we didn't weigh it last night because <laughs> Lee's biggest thing is, I really hate having to clean up two saucepans. He's <laughs> like, it makes the dishes harder because you're cooking one meal that's yeah. weighed and then we're cooking yeah. now. So although we cook the same thing, it's still in two separate yeah. places and it's just more dishes <laughs> and blah, blah. Um, so, uh, but I Seems do. your husband's a bit precious. <laughs> Sometimes. <Yeah. laughs> um, but I have been like weighing things like uh, the things that I think are very calorie dense. So mm. um, spread peanut yeah, butters, yeah, yeah. Nutella. It's very easy for them to get away from you, hey? So easy for 15 grams to turn into 20, to turn into 25, to turn into 30. Yeah. And so I think that uh, for myself, I'd focus on those. But I was saying to Lee the other day, I'm like, why is everyone so hesitant to weigh their food? And I put this in the most logical thing I could think of. Mm. If you're baking a cake, mm. what do you do? You measure everything. You measure everything. You do, because you want it to come out right. Correct. Yeah. So what's go. the difference? <laughs> Good point. It's a very good There's point. There's no actually. difference. No. It really doesn't take that much time to weigh your food. You've no. got to put the food in the bowl anyway. Yep. you just got a bowl on a scale. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just generalised resistance and, and, and laziness, really. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and that might be a trigger for some people. I don't really care because it's, it's, it is what it is. Like yeah. calories control the way we look. Simple yeah. as that, you know, yeah. and, and our behaviour around that. So, yeah. Um, you know, and it's not that difficult. Yeah, it might be difficult at the start when you first learn because, you know, you're running numbers and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But and it's such a balance at the start, and I get, I totally get that. Yeah, absolutely. We were all there once. Of course we were. But like you um, touched on earlier, you now eyeball food. I do exactly mm. the same. Like I'm, I'm running a cut myself at the moment, so I'm not. I'm weighing everything. But generally speaking, I'll yeah, eyeball as well. Season, yeah. I'll, I'll eyeball as well because yeah. I'm generally relatively accurate. Well, and then, you've been doing it for longer than me. How long have you yeah. been in the game for like oh, it's close to 10 years? 10 years. Yeah. yeah, right. So it's like after, after you know, and people don't have to weigh for the rest of their life. No. It's like just weigh it so you, 
you know what mm. it looks like. And even doing it like a six-week or a 12-week challenge or whatever, mm. weigh your food through that time, and then you have a much better understanding of Absolutely. Of but even if your physique gets away from you, like you get a little bit sloppy or yes. soft, you can you can just start Pill tracking fun. it. Yeah, start yeah. tracking a bit more accurately, and, and it'll, it'll, it'll tidy itself, it itself back up. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely – it's worthwhile doing. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, and I think that um, people get caught up with it being obsessive. Yeah. Like that gets thrown around so so much like oh but that's so obsessive and i'm like is it why is it obsessive that i care about my food that goes into my body like it yeah it's my health so if i was going to be obsessive about something i feel like that's a good thing to be obsessive about well does that mean you checking your bank account every day is obsessive yeah well exactly we do that yeah everyone does that (laughs) you know so it's it's all relative yeah Uh, again that's just a point of resistance from most people because they don't want to go down the path of doing something more challenging than they're prepared to do yeah exactly Um, and again as we keep saying it's like are you doing it for lifestyle if you are then cool don't don't weigh your food guesstimate it but just know that your results are going to come slower yeah and that's also okay it, it doesn't it depends yeah it depends, depends on how fast you want. you want it and stuff as well 100 yeah so what's what's some take-home tips in regards to what you've learned in this particular instance that yeah. people can apply that are, that are pretty straightforward yeah so i think that uh one of the biggest things is to get away from the whole and i had a question from a client the other day actually which kind of fits in really well with this it's like she said to me what do you eat when your family's eating potato crisps? Mm. I think I've heard this conversation. Yeah. yeah. And I said, nothing. Yeah. And she looked at me like I had six heads. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> um, and she's like, well, what, what do you do? And I said, nothing. I plan my food. I don't have potato crisps in my food because for me, yeah. at this point, it's not productive for me to have that so i don't eat them no that's it they can eat them because that's their choice you can eat them if that's your choice Mm. but if you want this but you're actioning your action is this then they don't really match up so you either have to make that decision to and then again you go back to well i don't want to be too restrictive and it's like okay so fit them in yeah exactly track them so you're aware track them yeah so it's like there are options there. You can have the crisps and ha- fit them into your into mm. your food for the day, but just know that that comes at the sacrifice of other food, right? So yeah. if you're going to stick to that diet, it's going to something's got to fall away somewhere. It's, it's like a bank account. Save. I think we were talking about that the other day. Mm. Like a bank account, you can't spend money you don't have. No, exactly. Yeah. So same with food, right? You can't eat the food that you shouldn't be eating if you want to be in a deficit. Yep. So, and I so I think that stop assuming that you are you are deserving of that food mm. like we've got this real mentality like you've had a hard day at work i deserve that yeah chocolate. yeah and it's like it's okay you're, you're justifying it yeah yeah, yeah it's a justification to the eat same, shit the same thing happened to me the other night we, we were running we were really late home with the kids and oh, yeah. so we got them a porto yes and i think two out of three couldn't finish their chips in their meal so they offered them to me and i just turned it away yeah um because oh, you want to do well in your Yeah, job. exactly. Like it was. Otherwise, what's the point? Normally, I would eat it. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big stickler for wasting food. But right. at, the, at the same time, I went, no, 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 I'm, I'm going really well here. You know, I'm a couple of kilos down. So yeah. I, I want to keep, the, keep the, it going. Yeah, keep it going. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's just, it comes down to self discipline and, yes. and knowing your goal and, and your why. Yeah. Back to that same thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm. So that's one thing. So don't think that you deserve 
the like don't look at it as I deserve this or I deserve that. Mm. If you if you're really serious about your health, then it's not I deserve that. It's I'm choosing not to have that because it doesn't serve what I want that's for myself. Right. So change the way you talk about it. So that's the first thing. Uh, second thing is, yeah, if you do want to uh, do a photo shoot, do a cut, just look really good for summer, whatever it is, put the work in. Mm. Like you have to commit to something and actually commit to it. It's okay to be hungry. And if you're in a deficit, you should be hungry. Yeah. It's a and you product. have to learn to be okay with that. Yes. Because you're not going to feel full in a deficit. The end. No. Doesn't work. If like you're that. hungry, it's probably working. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Like, and and but there, there, there's ways to mitigate hunger, right? Like yes. we, we all know that in terms of volumization yes. and high protein diet and all that sort of stuff. But you're right. Uh, for water. a def, yeah, water. Yeah. For <laughs> for a deficit, yeah, for a deficit to be effective, you have to basically expect yourself to be hungry. Be a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Even if it's just a little bit hungry, yeah, like, that's right. It's okay to be hungry. Yeah, can, so, and don't hit the panic stations when you are hungry. Yeah. Like, oh my god, I, I've got to eat now. Starve. I'm going to starve. I'm going to fade away. I'm going to have no energy to think. <laughs> yeah. No, your, your uh, body's yeah. not going to go into survival mode or something like that. <laughs> don't catastrophize. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I I've always had you backing me. So having someone on board for you to mm. keep you accountable, I think is actually super important. That's a good point. Um, if you don't want to pay for a coach, tell a friend. Do it with a friend. Yeah. I don't know. Like have someone that you're accountable to so that when you – because I know that I've ha- I had shit days throughout that mm. – um, throughout the cut. I wasn't too bad, I wouldn't That's- say, but again because – I think I, you did a 19 session day one day when I was I away, did, didn't you? I did. I and did, you were hungry. I did 19 sessions, uh, PT sessions in one day, which was um, it's a record. Stupid. <laughs> it's probably the word that yeah. comes to mind. So it was a 14 hour day in here, uh, which meant that you know I had to be really on top of my food, and sp- I tried to spread my food out across the day, so yeah. it it kind of helped with that hunger, hunger mm. side of stuff. But obviously, I did nearly 20,000 steps in here that day yeah, as well, well right? Yeah. So it was a big step day. Yeah. Uh, and I'd also done uh, legs the day before. And every time I do legs, I'm always starving after a leg day, yep. um, which is great. Yeah. I look at it as a good thing. It is a good thing. But, yeah, just you just have to, you just have to do what you have to do, yeah. right? Um, I could have chosen to stop at Macca's on the way home because I was – destroyed like i'm talking like i could have fallen asleep here and mm. just stayed here for the night. <laughs> uh but i again and and this is something that a lot of people complain about not having enough time to cook dinner and stuff yep. like that so one of my tips is i always have um pre-cut vegetables in my um fridge yeah so you know how you can go to uh, woolies or coles and you buy the you know um cauliflower broccoli and carrot mix or yeah, whatever yeah, it yeah. is but they're all pre-cut yeah a packet of pre-cut chicken, mm. it literally takes 10 minutes to put the chicken in the fry pan, yep. add the veggies in once it's cooked and put a sauce on it. Literally takes 15 minutes and that's a fairly low-carb, high-protein, low-fat meal. Yeah. So there's no excuse for someone to, do you know what I mean? Or mm. the other thing is, God, have yogurt and granola for dinner. Yeah. Like it's a breakfast meal, sure, whatever that means. Whatever that means. But it takes three seconds to construct it, and therefore I've had this high-protein, decent meal for me to go to bed, which yeah. has helped me 
manage my day over stopping at Macca's because I'm wrecked. You know what my my dessert is at the moment? What? It's either oats or Whitbix. Yeah, nice. Because <laughs> it just tops me up. It yeah. hits my numbers. And, yeah. And it's actually, like when you, and you, you can attest to this, when you diet down for a while, obviously yes. your taste buds change. So yes. things like that become sweeter. Yes, they yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you, um, my, my salted caramel protein powder that mm. I have in my oats, you're always like, God, that's so sweet. It is. Right? It's really yeah. strong. Yeah. That's Whereas right. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's it. Because i got a sweet tooth. Yeah, so. of course. Um, the other thing I was talking about to someone else, which I think is a really good tip, is um, timing your meals. Yeah. So if you really struggle with uh, with with dieting, what I did, and I did this, I learned this from my my very first prep. I was starving in my first prep. Mm. I remember, and um, I was complaining. And my my old boss, who's now my business coach, she reminds me all the time about how much of a pain in the ass I was. <laughs> And how many Tupperware containers. And so the girls in the office actually knew the times of my meals. <laughs> so I would have breakfast at, you know, 7.30 in the morning. Then I'd have morning tea at 10.30. Then I'd have lunch at 12.30, my afternoon tea at 3, my dinner at 6.30. And then I'd always have a very small snack just before I went to bed because I like to go to bed on a, on a full stomach. Yep. And I'm a snacker. So I eat about six six meals a day. Mm. Um, and they're just all smaller because that's how I like to eat. If you're someone who eats three meals, then time it. Three meals, like yep. spread it across the day, whatever yep. works for you. Um, but the girls got so good at knowing my, my times through my my prep that they were like, they'd look at the clock and they're like, we're just going to make tea. And they'd leave the room because they know how angry I get when I'm hungry. <laughs> and so they'd all go for a tea break oh. around 10 o'clock because for half an hour I was just, unbearable to be with until yeah. I would have that, you know, ten thirty snack in the morning yeah. or whatever it was. So but for me it worked. It worked because I stuck to my diet because I'd look at the time and I go, ten o'clock, can't eat yet. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was just a tool that I used yeah. in that prep in particular. Mm. Um and I use that towards the end of my preps even now because yep. to me it just is it's a discipline thing. It's a way to discipline yourself because yes. you, you're timing it, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, the, the point of the coach thing is is really relevant, I think. Like a lot of people will sort of, I don't know, um, again, uh, show resistance against paying for someone to help them. But it, it's it's money well spent. And I, I don't mean this. It is. It's, it's, I don't mean to sound egotistical, but, you know, like I'm, I'm 10 years or close to 10 years into this industry and i I, I still have a coach you know yeah. I, I pay brandon top dollar like you know more than most but it's worth it yeah. not only from a, an accountability point of view but also from an educational point of view i'm yes. still learning yeah. you, you always are yeah um so you know don't be afraid to invest wisely into someone that can teach you as mm-hmm. well because you know the ultimate goal is obviously to set yourself up long term so you can do this without assistance yeah exactly. but you've got to get there first yeah exactly yeah. and i mean um you bring up a very good point because I actually had a client ask me the other day, she goes, so you still, Paul still trains you? Mm. And I said, well, yeah. And they're like, why? <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? And so for someone outside, yeah. they don't see the value in it until they're in it, if yeah. that makes sense. That's right. And it's like, I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, why would you not just train yourself? You're a PT. Yeah. And a nutritionist. You can yeah. do both. Why yeah. don't you just train yourself? And I'm like, because I would never give myself back squats. I fucking hate squats. I'd never give myself, I'd never program them for myself. No. But then how am I going to develop in that area? Mm. 
there's benefits to back squats, and I know that as a coach, but I still wouldn't do them yeah. because I don't like them. Yep. Same with the food. When you get hungry, when you're at that back end of that like yeah. cut or whatever you're doing, you can't think properly. No. Are you going to be logical? Oh, it's a refeed day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're going to your your brain works very differently. I think when you when you're in a hunger state, and I'm a very big advocate at the moment is in particular about food being a mood mm. because um, which a lot of my clients starting to kind of pick up on. I've had a few come in here, especially after the Easter break. Yeah. And people have had shit over Easter break yeah. and they're coming in. They're like, I'm really lethargic this week. Oh, I'm tired. Oh, and then they go, I think it's the food I ate. And yeah. I said, yep, probably. Yeah. Cause I didn't eat shit yeah. over, over Easter. I had like my th- little three little mini Easter eggs that I fit into my cut, you know, cause I like Easter and yeah, I sure. love Easter eggs. Mm. I fit them into my food, sacrifice some food for it, but at the end of the day, I was still fine. Yeah. So, yeah, I just think, yeah, it's just having a coach is, a, is an investment, and I'll always, I'll always have a coach while I'm definitely in the sport as well. Oh, so, 100%. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting point. I remember between coaches, uh, there, there was a period where I was just coaching myself, yeah. and, I, and I remember. Pro, writing programs and I was purposely making them easy. That's what I mean. I was purposely making them easy and, you know, subconsciously I'm going, oh, yeah, that'll be challenging enough. You'd walk into the gym and you'd walk out and be like, oh, I'm done in 25 minutes. Yeah, that was that was, that was was okay. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, you know, so, yeah, uh, it, it, it can you can easily go down that path yeah. because we, we do do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. Yeah. All right, well, let's wrap it up. That's really good. Um, I think that covers – actually, we've gone for 40 minutes. Well, wow. <laughs> that was – yeah, no, that's all right. No, that was good. It was in detail. We want to we want to cover this comprehensively because mini cuts are a, a common term now that yeah. they they run a run commonly through any sort of long term dieting phase, building yeah. phase, depending. It doesn't have to be bodybuilding; it yeah. could be anything. So well, that's what we're saying, like lifestyle wise, yeah, it's still relevant. It is very much relevant. You yeah, know, I've got several Especially clients doing it at the moment. Change your physique. Yeah. Which yeah. is basically everyone's goal, right? Exactly. We work out to look good naked. Well, that's it. That's that's the end goal. Really. <laughs> so yeah. Um. So what are you off to now? You're going to train. I'm going to train. What are you, what are you doing? Well, <laughs> funnily enough, someone destroyed my glutes on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um. Can't imagine who would be sadistic enough to destroy them as badly as he has. Uh. But I had. <laughs> I had um had trap deads and like two second pause hack squats and all kinds of shit programmed <laughs> today and I just went not today Satan uh, and I changed to shoulders so I'm gonna go pump some shoulders up which it's, I love. It's interesting you just you know spoke really poorly of me yet a moment ago you're praising how good it is to have a coach. It's, it's sort of a it's oxymoron a there. Really yeah, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> big bro- big brother, little sister. Oh, I think so. Well, I haven't even looked yet because Brandon's given me a new program, but I think it's uh, upper body, so I'll I'll run with that, and I won't look at it until I am actually in the doors of the gym, (laughs) and then I'm committed. Can't turn around. All right, cool. Well, that's it. Um, I won't obviously ask you the the generalised questions about who you'd have for dinner, unless it's changed, of course, unless your your philosophies and evolution in the sport or in the industry has changed to it. To have someone else come oh, to dinner. There's always someone new that you would. I like think you answered to. Joe Rogan. Jo- I love Joe Rogan. Yeah, I love him, love him, love him. But um, 
I don't, I don't, I'm not really, I haven't been in the podcast scene for a little bit. I've only just started re-listening to your stuff, actually. Mm. Um, so I've binge listened to your podcast last um, few mornings. I go in and out of podcasts, but that's usually where I find my inspos from, yeah. right? Because yeah. it's, a, it's a long enough thing to kind of get the taste of, like, if you like someone or want to follow someone. 100%, yeah. Um, so I am about to go and stalk your your last podcast, guys. Oh, best dubs. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. that was really interesting. Yeah. So I'm very intrigued to go and stalk him now. Yeah, so. he's in uh, he's in Amsterdam at the moment at the next event. Ooh. Yeah, so he, he got – a place to be. I know. Well, he was in – Florida, like yeah, a week yeah. earlier, yeah. So if you haven't listened to that one, that Matt Stubbs is a long drive professional. So the podcast previous to this one, yeah, um, it's a fascinating sport, yeah, um, and really, it's, and I'm it's really growing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So his training methodologies and and uh, everything are really specific. So very cool. Yeah. All right, we'll uh, we'll head to the gym. So yep. that's it. Um, I got nothing else. I got nothing else. Okay. Let's All get right. a pump on. All right. Done. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I'd like to thank Kelly for her insight into her most recent mini cut. Um, you know, she spoke with transparency, honesty. Um, look, you don't get to her level in terms of training, in terms of her physique and, and things like that without obviously the commitment she puts in. So it's a good uh, lesson for anyone out there who does want to achieve that sort of outcome, whether it be a short mini cut, long-term success with health and fitness. It does come down to your discipline, your adherence, and just your overall commitment and consistency. Um, and I know they're buzzwords that get thrown around a lot, but it is truly how these things are done. So uh, thank you once again to Kelly. Now, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it and screenshot it on your stories. Tag myself at Paul's Body Engineering. Please tag Kelly as well, at Kelly Greenslade. I think there's an underscore in there somewhere as well. And um, if you're interested in any of my coaching services, please jump on my website, paulsbodyengineering.com. I've also just recently released a very um, comprehensive training app, which covers everything you need to train uh, for less than $2 a day, which is fantastic. So jump on and have a look at that as well. Uh, other than that, as I say to every client every single day, have a great day. Mm-hmm.